You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. It's a new year. I'm a new me. It's episode 268. You're still listening to PSP, I think, and I'm still Eric Van Johnson. With me to kick off 2022 are my friends, John Congdon. Yes, it sounded like a dumpster fire of a show so far. And Tom Rideout. That's the, that is the level of optimism I expect. <clears throat> I'm glad to be here. I think it's going to be great. I'm I think it's going to be great, to be too. Here. What a year, though, right? 2022. 2020. I, I am hoping that the biggest thing I'm hoping for in 2022 is that street corner breakdancing takes off again. Because I've got about a thousand boxes of cardboard that I don't know what to do with. <laughs> and I'm just hoping breakdancing <laughs> just takes off. And it could be like the uh, Bitcoins of 2020 is going to be cardboard boxes. I'll just go to corners and just pass them out <laughs> well I could, I could tell you this my mother-in-law is mad at both of you guys oh, she dear. listens to the she listens to the show hi sharon and hi, she's sharon. mad at both she's mad at both of you guys why is that we, what if, last what week last week last week we did a whole show and barely touched on christmas or any other holidays we just kind of glossed right over pretended was it nothing christmas there. that is kind of weird for a bunch of atheists yeah <laughs> i'm not atheist don't 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 bring me into your little cult. No. All right. Two atheists and an agnostic. We 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 completely did not do well, I wouldn't say completely did not do Christmas. That was actually the big surprise. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I've been in transition. I sold my old house and I had a time period where I did not have bought a house, but the people living in the house, they were doing a rent back situation. So <laughs> well they decided not to leave, they just kind of squatted. They yeah. just stayed around, stayed around. So I, I, I'd been living under a bridge, and we had we were supposed to get the keys to the new house on January first, and so we had decided because we were in this transition period that you know we weren't going to try to do Christmas. There, there was just too many things going on between the new house, furniture, moving people around, all that. Well, we got the keys early. We got the keys like a week early or just before Christmas, and one of my kids and I came up to the house. Christmas Eve and put up a tree and decorated the the house for my wife who came up the next day for Christmas because she was very disappointed that we didn't have a Christmas tree. She had actually grown up as a Jehovah's Witness and they didn't celebrate Christmas at all. She got to experience Christmas with me and my family when we started dating and she really embraced it so christmas was a big deal is a big deal to her she likes the celebration i can't even explain to you how many christmas decorations we have but we didn't have any of them available to us <laughs> but we have somewhere in storage deep yeah. deep in storage so so we got yeah we got uh yeah. Also, it wasn't it wasn't technically a Christmas tree. It was a guy named Christmas tree that Eric had met underneath one of the bridges. And he was just holding a star on yeah, his head. Yeah, and he just <laughs> well, he had a he had a star tattooed on his forehead already, which was nice, convenient. And yeah, he just stood in the living room for for three days. He didn't exactly smell like pine, but you know, let's no. just ignore that. Well, he sprayed him spray him down with pine saw. 
So it, it was turned out to be a really good Christmas. We didn't have, I mean, the house was empty. It was just a tree and some decorations we had, but the wife appreciated it. And then we ended well, up celebrating, did a little gift exchange New Year's Eve, because by that time we, you know, we got some, most of our stuff into the house. We actually have movers coming again tomorrow to get the last, the last little pieces that we need to get. But I yeah, the, uh, I saw the couch that you got from Gallagher's warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we if, talked about that last week. You probably don't remember because you I were here. wasted. I was fine. I was fine. <laughs> Not according to the amount of time we sucked out of that episode with the silence filter. Yeah. No <laughs> hey, that was not my fault. I was overserved. I got fun I got something funny to tell you, John. I completely freaked out today. I almost called you on the emergency bat bat number because i had totally I, I was losing my my shit so we do the print edition of php architect and it comes like it's it's mailed so much overkill like it's like this box that comes in and yeah there's a lot to it but it's just like it seems like overkill for the magazine it, but it's just how the print company we work for work with how they ship it out but i look forward to it like it's very clear when it comes to the mail what it is it's like oh Mm -hmm. the magazine's here this is awesome you know i'm sorry i i totally appreciate print i mean i I totally appreciate the digital magazine and i always read that like i almost never actually read the physical magazine but i so much like the physical magazine just like flipping through it and, and looking at it and I'll, yeah, I'll reread the articles, but by that time, I'd already, especially now, I've already read them like four or five times, but <laughs> I enjoy the physical magazine very much. So when you open the mailbox, you see right away, there's this box that has a certain shape to it. It's like, the magazine's here. So I, I, I go to the, our little mailbox today, which again, is a weird thing. We'll get back to that in a second. The mail out, I see the box. I'm like, oh, cool. My first you know, magazine at the new house. And I come inside, I come into my office, I rip it open, and it's a, <laughs> it is a flamingo coloring book. And I'm like, what? What the fuck did we do? <laughs> you know, there's a whole like, return address thing on there you could have looked at first. And I'm like looking at it, and this is how stupid my brain is. I put it back in the box, and I open it back up like it's going to change. I'm like, nope, nope, still a flamingo coloring book. It's Schrodinger's flamingo. <laughs> so yeah, I look at the I look at the address, and it's actually addressed to my wife. I'm like, what just happened? So I calmed down a little bit at that point because I'm like, wait a minute, why is it addressed to her? But my brain is stuck on the fact that we did something wrong in placing our order. And so I see my wife. I'm like, would there be any reason you have a flamingo coloring book shipped to you? She goes, oh, that came in. Great. Like, what? (laughs) I'm not even sure. I want to know why. I'm just relieved it wasn't the magazine. I just had this picture of all these PHP developers getting flamingo coloring books mailed to them. See, I oh, love that's that. a good I idea. Your reaction is to put it back in the box and then reopen it and see. My immediate reaction is to take a nap. Like immediately, I just, you know what? You know what? I'm going to wake up and it's going to be different. I'm going to go to sleep and then I'm going to wake up and it will all have been a dream. That's funny. Oh, you know what's going to be going to be even a worse dream when I tell you I haven't started Zencaster yet. Oh, there we go. 
my clap check. We're uh. screaming for who? <laughs> All right, from the top. Oh, no, my so going back to, to Christmas real quick, nothing to do really with Christmas other than my Christmas lights I put on the front of my house. I actually am proud of this year. I thought we did a good job. My wife had this vision that I executed and I thought it turned out pretty well. But December is San Diego's rainy month. Every year, my breakers trip or something happens and the, the power, the lights are out after a rain. I'm used to it. No big deal. Usually after a day or two, they dry out. I reset the, the GFCI or the circuit and everything comes on. This year I go and I do that and look real quick. All right. I reset it and I go out and I plug it back in. They pop again. Okay, whatever. I go back in. My son happens to be right there. I'm kind of in the garage. I reset the circuit and I hear this and then it stops again. And my son goes, my my son goes, daddy, there was a fire. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, he goes, literally, there, there was, he goes, there was a fire. And I'm like, how big? And he's kind of trying to show me with his hands. I go out, the connection between the extension cord and the lights completely charred. Like, I can't unplug it. It's there. Along the rocks, it was laying on top of some rocks, completely black, like burned. The sad part, it was like three inches from a tree. I am so happy that tree didn't go up. That would have been horrible. That was a man. Needless to say, right after that, I went on Amazon and bought a bunch of those of these things that go around the, the electrical connections to make them watertight. <laughs> so yeah. Next year, I'm hoping to have none of those issues. <laughs> I just I couldn't believe it when he told me that. I'm glad it was glad it turned out okay. Me too. Scary <sighs> things. Discord, Discord. I'm so happy to be back with you guys. I uh, I shared. Matter of fact, I think I shared it in the herd channel. So if you care to join us on Discord, it's discord.phpugly.com. If you're the listening to the audio podcast, I, I apologize. You're not going to not going to get this next bit. It's a little bit of a visual gag, not a gag actually. But in the herd channel, which is a channel that is specific to people who support us on Patreon. No offense to everybody else. It's just like a nice little perk they have. I posted a picture, the mountains in my neighborhood. The mountains you can see in my neighborhood. I'm going to add it to add it to Discord right now so that everybody else can see it. All right. So that's a problem. How do you... What am I missing here? Why, why won't it send? Send? Image? Hello? Discord? Send? There we if go. If it's like... As you say, if it's right. anything like mine, you have to do it from a very specific directory. So, and I actually, I actually did, that, did that wrong. Boom. Let me do that again. This is actually the po- this is actually the picture I posted here. Yeah. Did you type the that. word send to try and send it? <laughs> it's only sending if I have a message attached to it. So I sent this I sent this picture, I shared this picture in Discord in the herd of these mountains. And the cool thing about it is I took that picture on my Pixel while I was driving to a Starbucks actually, and that picture actually has traffic it has like cars and lampposts on it that the pixel removed that's what the uh first picture was so that's actually not the original this is the original are you gonna go what time it'll go i was amazed as i sat in line at starbucks getting my coffee i was amazed at the fact that i could just like draw a little line over the cars and the pixel just removed it like that was all on my uh that's an amazing feature isn't it I didn't I, I, realize I how good it was. So good. It's scarily. I, 
when I was in San Diego, I literally sat down with you and showed you this on my phone. And you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? We would never do that to you. I do not recall that conversation at all. I mean, I knew it had it. I hadn't used it yet. And I just said, hey, I wish these cars weren't in this picture. And I just, I just drew a little line over them. And then I'm like, oh, can I get rid of those light lampposts? Hey, yeah, I can. Yeah, I've been, I've been using that for my, uh, my e-cigarette showing up in pictures. That... Man, it is just amazing what we're carrying around in our pockets nowadays. It it is. It's it's sort of stupid amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was super cool. Oh, the power. Sorry, distracted. <clears throat> you guys, have you guys been following the the James Webb Telescope launch? I've been following. I haven't seen the launch. I thought it was supposed to launch last year, like Christmas Eve or New Year's it Eve. Did. Yeah. I didn't it's, follow so it. it's it's a 21 day period from launch to fully deployed and functioning. Right. So it has these large solar screens that had to deploy, and then it has. I mean, it's just it has to like unwrap like origami over the next you know 21 days, and we've gotten to a good point where it's actually you know working correctly. They they said 80 percent of the risky stuff is done, and <clears throat> it's going to be very cool. Have you seen the smarter every day? video about it i've seen one i don't know if i've seen the most recent one so his his dad works i don't know if it's for nasa but he he had access to the actual telescope and talked to the creator and it was it was very interesting they talked about you know what went into making it it's been a very long journey of designing and building this thing and oh went yeah into some of the some of the tests that they had to do in order to Get it going. Thank you, Joe, for sharing the video. See, See that's what that's why you need to be part Discord. of a Discord. Yeah, come to Discord. What is our what is our us. Discord channel? We've said this already, but we'll do it again. <laughs> Discord.phpugly.com. I don't think Tom listens to the show. <clears throat> no, I don't. No. no. <laughs> so, do we have any PHP stuff to talk about? I really, really want to talk about PHP stuff, and I really want to talk about PHP Architect stuff. But, well, I think okay. first we should, we should get to our sponsor. Let's talk about our sponsor. As, as always, today's sponsor is Honey Badger. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, HookRelay.dev. HookRelay.dev allows you to create powerful webhooks without having to create all the groundwork yourself. Sure, the basics of sending webhooks are easy, but to add more powerful features takes time and effort. That's where HookRelay.dev saves the day. Have you ever tried sending data to third parties that have strict API limits? Do you handle those failures caused by those limits properly using traditional back-off algorithms? Stop worrying about third parties with flaky servers and let HookRelay.dev continue trying to reach them for you. Resending failed webhooks or just resending for testing is as simple as You can also be the recipient of webhooks. That's right, HookRelay.dev handles both inbound and outbound webhooks. HookRelay.dev can catch the request and then send them to your servers. And best of all, reporting. Writing code to track success failures, create reports, and more is already done with hookrelay.dev. Try hookrelay.dev's free tier today. Get three endpoints, 14-day retention, and 100 deliveries per day. Thank you, Hook Relay, for sponsoring today's episode. Thank, Thank you, Hook Relay. You heard it here first. I don't care what any other podcast tries to tell you. We were the first ones to tell you about Hook Relay, the awesome new product. By the same brains, the brains behind HoneyBadger.io. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually I've been been playing with their service now for a little bit, and it's really good. They they have a few bugs that they're working out, and they're it's a brand new service. They're open to hearing 
you know, what you want and need from it. But can you it, explain it a little better? I mean, yeah, I, I'm not sure I totally understand it yet. So sending sending a webhook from your service where so I often hit things like Salesforce. HubSpot, but also I hit just random third-party APIs. So in PhoneBurner, when you create, when you finish a call, we have it set up where you can click a button and hit somebody's webhook to tell them the status of the call, you know, a bunch of other information. I can't tell you how many times where I would eventually put it into a job, but still, when you hit somebody else's endpoint, especially small companies or small, like one-off people, they're like, oh, I have a, a webhook where they're endpoint takes three, five, 10 seconds to respond because they have an issue or you 503. If you don't handle those cases properly, it's a pain in the butt. You <clears throat> you start hitting their endpoint and you get a 503 service unavailable. You have to realize that, catch that, put it back onto your job queue to run again. How often do you run it? Do you run it right away? Do you, you know, delay 10 seconds? But if you just delay mm. 10 seconds, is it 10 seconds every time? Or do you back it off and say, I'm going to try again in 10 seconds, you know, one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, and then, you know, keep delaying it because it's the problems on their end, you're not able to fix it. Or when you're hitting big companies that respond really quick, like Salesforce or HubSpot, there's API limits. So you're only allowed to hit them 10 times a second. But if you're creating jobs, constantly you're you might be hitting those api limits and again you need that back off algorithm where okay i've hit my api limit i need to slow down my my posts and that's where hook relay comes in instead of hitting all of these other endpoints i can hit hook relay and then they're going to do that work for me they're going to hold on to oh interesting they're going to they're going to send it they're going to back off if they're getting error messages you can pause it so you can send a a webhook into it and not do anything. And then when you're ready, you can release it. You know, I'm definitely you, I'm definitely in the market for some kind of API rate limiting. So Yeah, would it I mean you, would it help catch like API calls that run out of control and like make yeah. these astronomical bills? Is that something it could do? Like runaway jobs that don't <laughs> don't get ended correctly? That'd be nice. That I don't think it'll do that per se. It's oh. more of a it's more it's a relay in the sense that you send it there and then they send it out and they, they're going to take care of making sure it gets delivered or have reporting so get, of you've had. Bill. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they have reporting of you've had, you know, how many successes, failures, how many are still waiting to be sent. You can retry an endpoint. And that's where I was saying in that ad clip of maybe you're just testing instead of having mm -hmm. to fire another job. You go in there and you're like, I want to try this again. Mm -hmm. And you refire your webhook to see how you're responding. And they have inbound and outbound. So it turns out included in the free tier is outbound. I need to send you a webhook. Now, if I want to get a webhook from you, you have to be on a paid tier for that. But that's the same thing where instead of telling something like Stripe to hit your servers directly, you can say, hey, you're, the endpoint is actually here at hook relay, and then they will try to hit your endpoint on your server. So in case you have flaky servers or you know, you're being overwhelmed by all this traffic, you can slow it down that way. Hmm. The plans so, are pretty affordable too. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's there's a free plan, but like you said, to get the both ways, you have to go to the, at least a basic. Basic is only 30, 30 bucks a month, so yeah. Uh, Sevi so and Discord asked how they avoid API limits. They don't. What they do is when you hit an endpoint and they give you back an error message, you can back off hitting them again. So instead of putting it back on your queue and hitting them again right away and just doing that endlessly until you somehow get past that rate limit, it's 
I'm going to try again. And I haven't gotten that far in their documentation, how you control this. But generally, you try, if it fails, you wait some amount of time, like a 30 seconds or a minute, and you try again. If you fail again, you wait one minute and then 10 minutes. And then it's an exponential curve. So you just, you keep waiting. You try, wait a little bit longer. Try, wait even longer. And eventually you get past that rate limit. Horizon has a similar functionality, but I don't really trust Horizon for a number of reasons. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. do you have any real practical experience with it, Tom? Oh, wait. Yeah, you do. No, no nothing I can think of today. <laughs> Yesterday, but not today. <laughs> That's cool. I think I think Hook really got their money's worth out of advertising this week. Yeah. So well, it's, just, it's on that, just on that half an hour long ad, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's more about the service because I've built lots of webhooks, both inbound and outbound, and I know what a pain in the ass they are. And especially all of those ancillary things like back offs and reporting and all. And I'm really hoping they do a lot more on reporting. Yeah, reporting uh, is out. the area where it really, like, yeah, I've implemented this thing, but tracking it and reporting on every endpoint, thats it's nice to that's have where, that done for you. That's where they would, if once they get that built, because they've already got the basis of it, but if they built that out even more with, like, throughput, how many API, or how many webhooks per second you're getting, it would be great. Now, I have a question for you guys. It's a New Year's related question. We're we're in quarter one now. Quarter four is over and we're in quarter one. And I was asked, how do we establish our metrics, our goals for quarter one? <clears throat> we want we want a KPI to mm-hmm. to measure individual productivity. And right mm-hmm. now we have epics and stories and bugs and all that stuff in our sprints, but only stories have points. You know, when you're working as a mentor for a new developer or you're working on bugs, you're not producing, you know, measurable story points. So what do you guys do? I mean, how do you, how do you guys establish productivity and goals? That's, that's a hard part. We don't. That's why I, that's part of the reason I had that long conversation with you last week around points. Is that, don't remember. Not that I want, (laughs) not that I want to use points per se, because in my mind, currently, points aren't supposed to be an individual thing to measure. It's supposed to be a team measurement goal. But there's still, if the team does 100 points, and there's 10 people on the team, and you've done one, there's an issue, right? With that said, going back to your question about bugs, I like the idea of everything having points. Why would your bugs not have points? So from my understanding of it, bugs are introduced by story points that we considered completed but actually weren't so so when we say that this thing takes seven eight points and we get it done and out the door and there's 10 bugs that relate to this thing getting this thing out the door afterwards we don't say that improving your performance by fixing these bugs we're saying that your performance was negatively impacted because these bugs went out the door I, I get that, but if you track support tickets or bugs separately, but still give them points, that's going to slow down your non-bug burn rate or whatever it's called. Yeah, so you, your burn down. So your burn down. So you're not going to get to your actual sprint tasks because you have to deal with these bugs, but they still take time. They still take effort to accomplish. So being able to track those is it's, important. It's, and it's, it's effort, but it's not progress because that progress belonged to the ticket the bug came from. But there's there's no such thing as bug-free software. Oh, shit. Really? <laughs> so, 
to me, it's still something that has to be done. Somebody's going to do it. It's got to count somewhere. Being productive in the sense that you are taking care of an issue that was introduced. That's just my two cents. I, I guess if you were writing, uh, well, and it's one hundred. If you had one hundred percent test coverage from the very beginning, even maybe? then, that doesn't that doesn't cover it. No, I mean, I and, still, and the, and the other thing is, bugs. some of the bugs that my team gets to work on come from a different team, so they're not even the ones being negatively impacted by the bugs that they've produced. I see what you're saying. That would be hard in a multi-team company. It's yeah, it's really tough, and that's and that's where it came up. It's like how well how do we handle this? If we story point bugs, then the burndown chart goes bonkers. It goes up and down and up and down. Well, so I guess it depends on how you prioritize bugs. So if you if you always have some percentage of your sprint assigned to fixing bugs, like they just become more points in the sprint. But again, it's a priority. Does it does this bug take priority over things in my sprint? And again, at the end of the day, those points aren't necessarily meant to track a single individual, but the team as a whole. Sure. And you're you by somebody taking time to fix a bug, they're they are going to affect the entire team's number of points they can accomplish. Well so let's say Joe Ferguson in Discord is saying pure scrum, you remove things from the sprint to add bugs. So like, let's say I story point bugs. How do I even assign points to bugs? Because it could be like the the discovery process. Well, the discovery process on bugs, though, can be like, hey, it turns out that this is a massive oversight and malfunction. And it's, you know, we don't know that until you've been working on it for a couple hours or whatever. Or like this is a spelling typo. Depends on how you do your points. If your points are time-based, then you might have an issue there, but points should be an overall effort base. And maybe there is discovery time that needs to be involved in there. I don't really split hairs right? on time versus effort, though. I, I agree, but you're you're bringing up a point of, you don't know, hopefully in, when you're doing your, your planning, there's an idea of what is causing the bug. Maybe not 100%, but somebody's going to say, oh, that's, that's going to be easier that's going to take us a lot of time to diagnose. Mm-hmm. So does it go from a one to a two or a three on a bug scale that hopefully somebody has some sort of guide around that. And what Joe is saying is, Hey, this is a, a three point task. It's going to take us time. So you have to, as a product person, you have to prioritize, does this take more priority over all the other tasks currently in our sprint? And if so, you have to knock something out. Maybe you two and Joe should start project management ugly. I know you hate project management, but just in case we wanted a a terrible podcast. This whole whole thing about Scrum or Agile or whatever you want. I know Scrum is a part of Agile. It does fascinate me. I am intrigued and want to do more of it. Well, and my company uses it very heavily. Like the... The reporting aspects go oh, directly okay. to keep talking about this. Sorry. Yeah. Good. The reporting aspects of it, you know, carry the show, he says. Carry the show for me. I've got nothing. Please carry the show for me. Oh my God. Why is he still talking? You know what? Nothing is better than talking about project management for 30 minutes, but you go ahead. <laughs> oh, what's wrong? <laughs> your feelings. Oh, just waiting for the ringing in my ears to go down. Wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. Before you, I want to address something Joe says, where he says points have to be individual based sometimes on some level because a five point story for me might be three or an 11 for somebody else. And the way we're doing points is it shouldn't matter. It should be a matter 
of effort. It shouldn't matter who picks up that task. There should be some idea of what it's going to take. Of course, the person most intimately involved with that code is going to be able to do it much faster than somebody who's not. Obviously, a front-end person isn't going to pick up a back-end ticket, so there shouldn't be this huge disparity, but Sure. It really, sh- you're not, you shouldn't do the points based on who you think is going to take the task. It should be just in general what the task involves. How yeah, much, I'm going to have to, how much uh, effort is it going to take? I'm going to have to think about it. I'm definitely going to have where I end up on it because it's the project management stuff, as much as some people hate it, is like an integral part of the, the project of, the, of programming for me now. Yeah. It's like project and, management takes a lot of my time now. And Eric says he hates project management and i agree with him to a point but he hates everything but when it comes to managing people you need to have these kpis and even when we've done our reviews in the past we try to gather all this information but it's not that measurable like we have how many prs have you opened how you know how many tickets have you closed but i'm glad has not not come up oh shit delete that column quick eric But you can't go just based off tickets. That's why the whole point system fascinates me is there is more accountability that could be had. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of accountability, the people who keep us accountable are patrons. Man, you they, were just speeding through the show. You you must have a hot date or something. I don't say, I don't say what time is it? Is it that late? It's fine. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I, I would normally look at Zencaster to see how long we've been running, but that hasn't worked a couple times now. I have gotten he, really bad at that. I have to he, admit. I think he just loved your little video so much he wanted to play it as quick as he could. I do. I want to show <laughs> off your videos. Videos, yeah. I do like the new Patreon support. I'm in, Patreon support is that. I'm, I'm impressed with your work here. Oh, thank you. I mean, literally is like two clicks on that service yeah, as, we have. I, I was going really to say, I'm so impressed that I know it's not his work. Yeah. <laughs> well, it still, it still takes effort. See, he, this has got to at least be a two-point task. I am. <laughs> freaking bring it back to project management. I thought we were moving on. I, I said the word effort, so I had to bring it back. Yeah. It is you know what? Uh, I, I will burn, admit. Excellent burn down, Eric. Yeah, no problem. I have to. I didn't talk a lot about this, why it was going on. But, and I do, I really want to talk about PHP stuff, but this is this is not PHP stuff. I've got some for later, so. Okay, I'll, I'll try to hurry through this. You're, you're, you're trying to end the show by already showing Patreon stuff. What are you talking about? I am trying to show respect <laughs> our listeners and the people who give us money to make this train wreck of a show. <laughs> so when I was in transition and I was living in Bridge, There it is again, you're transitioning. John was hosting my desktop, my Linux desktop, which apparently I have to send my Linux desktop to. Oh, did I make it dirty? uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I have to send it to therapy now because it's like crying at night. I don't know what's going on, but I have it again. He plugged in all the wrong ports. It was just touching (laughs) me so much. It's all sticky. I don't know what's going on with this thing. But anyways, I've always considered myself... A fairly OS agnostic person. Like I try not to get into the OS battles of who's better, what's better. I, I always thought that I tried to keep my tool tool chain open source focused to an extent that would run on multiple platforms. And I always thought I did a pretty good job at that. I, I got pretty lazy with it. So I was I had a I was on Mac OS for a very long time. And not before I 
for like the last two or three years when I was using Mac OS, I found I found myself getting lazy and just like buying proprietary software just because it was there, it was easy. And I honestly didn't think I was ever going to move off of Mac OS, but I did. I came back to Linux System 76 machine. I love. I love my System 76 machine. So I tried to do the whole work remote thing. We talked about projector with JetBrains, SSHing into the box and just using them, all that. It kind of worked, but it really wasn't as smooth as I had hoped for. And when we were doing this and when I was talking to John about taking my desktop, desktop i'm like it's no big deal i'll just use the macbook for you know a month is basically what turned out to be i didn't realize how much i like now our system 76 machines are pretty hunky machines i was very efficient on on my mac laptop before i cut over like i thought i was a very efficient power user of mac i don't know what happened like i could not stand using that laptop anymore I couldn't stand using that OS anymore. I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, if I have to do this, I'm I'm buying. I'm like, where is it? I, I have a. I found an old laptop as we we're moving. I found an old laptop. I'm like, I'm putting Linux on this thing. I can't stand this anymore. Now my laptop's a little older. Maybe that's part of it. But just the just the interface, like what I used, I used to really appreciate the Mac interface. I always said it was the best UI for a Linux distro or, or a Unix distro. And that just doesn't hold true anymore. It's like nothing made sense to me anymore. The only thing <laughs> that made sense to me, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, their copy-paste cut commands, their keys for that are still superior to Windows or, or to, to PC. But everything else just ran so slow. It just didn't, I didn't have that feeling. I don't know if I've become like this hardcore Linux user now because I don't want to be that. Like I don't want to be one of these my OS is better than your OS, people. But my God, I felt <laughs> crippled the last month trying to get anything done. I'm the same way. I was there with you. I mean, I was a Linux user, late 90s, early 2000s, made the switch to Mac, I want to say right around 2004, and then felt like, I'm not going back. This is this is the shit. That's the way it should be. And then once we switched over to these desktops, I... I'm in agreement. I switched to my laptop and I struggle a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't well, know. And, okay. I, and I can't really even put my finger on what it is, but I am nowhere near as productive. Do you think it might be the beefcake CPUs and GPUs you have in your desktops? <laughs> no, it not might, at all. It might be. That might, that might factor <laughs> into it. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, how old is that MacBook? Like a year or two? Didn't you just leave it in the airport? Oh my God, we're back to this. <laughs> I don't know. We was, we was <laughs> the first Longhorn. <laughs> no, that must have been. <laughs> That must have been three years ago because we've been on lockdown for two years. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was a it joke. Was the, it was a joke. It too. was whatever the first Longhorn was. So I mean, you know, we kind of know that, right? No, it wasn't a joke. You're right. That's how old it is. Yeah, we can we can identify the exact date that Longhorn ended. <laughs> Began because it was at the beginning of Longhorn. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was, it was at the, it was the airport after arrived. flying in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Luckily, we had, there was an Apple store like right there, like walking distance <laughs> yeah. from the hotel. I, I have to admit, What's I, I've yeah. never, I had never felt like I don't know why, but like you have those moments where you feel like a baller, like, like yeah, no, yeah, I can do things. 
I know where this that going. that day it was just kind of like yeah I left my laptop at an airport let's walk over to Apple Store and buy another laptop it's it's <laughs> it felt a little baller to me because it's, it's like a- for me leading up to that time like for me to buy a laptop it was like months of planning you're like okay. I'm going to have to cut back on the RAM and cut back on the disc, and then I can get this in you know, a month or two, and hopefully the price comes down. It was like, yeah, we just – actually, John is like, yeah, no, we have an account. Just whatever the top of the line you have, just box it up. We got to go. And that's, he said that. He's like, whatever yeah, the top of the line you have in stock, box it up. We have to go. You realize that that's, that's a baller moment for him, not for you. No, it's for there. us. It's, it's our company. It's a business I, account. Here's my card. Here's our, my card. Problem. Our business was doing well at the moment, and then COVID. <laughs> and then COVID. Fucking COVID. Well, yeah. and COVID yeah, just won't go the, away. What's the CPU you have in that desktop? It's a Threadripper. No, it's like a AMD two eighty six. I think it's it's old. Yeah, you, you hear you hear you hear the little mice turning yeah. in there. RTX video card. And this is actually a problem I have, right? Because I think I'm still on VGA. My my you initial just have reaction, to plug it into the card. You keep I'm plugging keep, it into the I'm wrong keep talking. Don't worry, you guys have your own show. I'll have my own show. We never worry. We'll talk about project management next. My initial reaction was, you know what? I'm buying a System76 laptop. Like that's what I'm doing because I my- want to be able to do that. The issue I have, the moment I think about doing that, and again, Apple spoiled me on this, I'm very particular about the laptop. Like, I want to touch it. I want to check it out. I I want to, you know, type on it. And you can't, right. I want to understand the form factor. I want to, you know, is it plasticky? Does it feel too plastic? Is it, you know, what? You can't do that with System76 machines. You just go online and you just kind of have to guess. It's like the only, it's the only person out there where you can't go to a Best Buy or you can't go to an Apple store and, you know, just kind of get a feel for the laptop, the quality of the laptop, the keyboards, especially. The keyboards have gotten so important to. And I just struggle, like, I really would like to get a System76 laptop, but I don't know which one I want. And I don't trust myself in what I'm reading. Like, I'm going to have to fly to Colorado, go to System76, and just, they're going to be like, sir, you have to leave. Just let me touch a few more computers. I'll be out of your way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm in the the same boat of, like, do I bite that bullet and go with the System76 laptop or not? Mainly because my wife's laptop is kind of on its last legs. That helps, right? Yeah, like her battery won't last more than a couple hours before it dies. And I'm like, hmm. You know, you could just replace the battery. Not 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 on a Mac. (laughs) Oh, that's, yeah, that's true. No, yeah, you're screwed. (laughs) So it's like, do I pass down my Mac and and make the change or not? Absolutely, you do. That's what you do. See, we're getting recommendations coming in. Thanks, Sevi. I'm going to look that one up. I don't know if that's one of the ones I was looking at or not. I don't want the big, I don't want the number pad on my keyboard. If, that, if that's one of the ones with the number pad on the keyboard, I don't want that. Why would you not want that? Really? You know why I don't? And again, see, this has a number pad on the keyboard. Again, this is my, this is my weirdness. I don't know why I'm like this, but the keyboard is not centered centered on the screen. So the keyboard is, is off to the left a little bit because you have the number pad. I don't know that why sense. that bothers me. Does make sense. Well, that's good to hear because yeah, I thought that sense. was weird. I don't think I've ever used a, a laptop with a number pad. So yeah, I, I used to. Yeah, I used to back in the day with the Windows but, machines. But now that you say that, it would make sense, Joe. That's why you go System seventy six. You don't have the driver sh- issues. They've taken care of all that for you. I'm just saying. Yeah, 
I heard the Pop OS update's pretty nice. I don't know if I've noticed the difference. Have you noticed the difference, Jen? No, I haven't. Yeah, I don't I don't notice the difference. And, yeah. and I'm never like a big desktop guy. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's like, if you consider the tiling, like I've become a real tiling person as well, too. Like, I, I cannot get into it. I just can't. I've it been took me so long to get into it. And now I can't not have it. It's that you was mean, one of mean, my grapes with the. I think Mac. you showed me before, but I, you need to sit down with me again. I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos about it. And I don't know if it's just the way I, I'm used to. Like I'll have like a third of my screen for one browser and two thirds for another. And then my PHP storm over here. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just my layout is different. I just can't get tiling to work for me. See, you can do that with, I mean, you can change, like it doesn't have to be a 50, 50 split with tiling, but yeah. No, I, I just don't think I know how to use it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Like you said, it took me a long time to, to get where I was appreciating it, but I'm definitely there now. Like, and, and I, I can I'm totally often, see. Yeah. yeah, I'm often fine just having windows on top of other windows, like so that I can click back and forth between them. I'll have like two half screens and then one mm-hmm. in the middle. And then I click just right where I'll bring this one on top of the one in the middle. And then if I want to switch to the other, I'll click on the one that's over both of them and then click to the other one so that I can get oh, all three. So you have really precise layouts like that. That's, uh, that's not, interesting. Not, not necessarily precise. It's just how I'm used to working. Like, yeah. What got me working with tiles, actually still one of my grapes, was the stacking. So that I don't tile everything. I create stacks and then put things on stacks. And one of my grapes is that, and I've seen people talk about this on Reddit, is they would like like it for the system to remember stacks. Like, I want to have my layout, much like you said. Like, I have my layout. I want that to be the layout. Like, if I reboot my system, I want to have my two stacks on the left-hand monitor and my, you know, two, my one big stack in, in the center monitor. There is. But, I was looking at an app that did this. Something, a hammer, hammer spoon. Hammer spoon? Yeah, if you look up hammer spoon, <clears throat> it's... I think it might be OSX only, but there's that's the OSX, yeah, yeah. But there's well, there's that's ports. not helpful for us. Well, it's written in Lua. You can, I think, you can port it, but you can set zones up that when when stuff is in that zone, it behaves differently, and it's <clears throat> very complicated. OSX has a lot of these tools. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have I, to I, pull up my old list of what I was looking at before because I saw some stuff that was really cool on Mac. I use Better Snap Tool. And yeah, again, that's just that's just snapping, but. It did what I needed it to do. Yeah, that's what I used to. Somebody had suggested a tiling tool on the Mac, and it was weird. I went went to grab it. It's like, oh yeah, to install this this tiling tool, you have to boot into safe mode and disable the security feature. I'm like, nope. what the nope. fuck? Are <laughs> you telling me? <laughs> no, that's not an option. What do you mean? Oh, now I, I would be, be I would be remiss if I didn't say the M ones are so nice. They're so fast and responsive. Yeah, but I hear that all the time, and, and it's true. Like every version of the Mac is so much better than the previous one, and I don't doubt it. And it wasn't only the performance because again, we have you know we would spec out our Mac, so even though that's an older Mac. It's still pretty well specced out. It's not an M1. I get that. But it wasn't just that. It was just like UI. That it's so hard. I, 
And I also think it's also possibly just you got used to doing things on Pop! OS where now it's a little different on the Mac and you knew it was temporary, where if you were a little frustrated with Pop! OS and then you switched to the Mac, you might be like, oh, this is a breath of fresh air and like mm-hmm. seeing it differently. It, it was mm-hmm. more of a, I know this is temporary. I have to trudge through this change. That's very true. Back. Because like on the Mac, I used to have, I used to use Alfred. I didn't use Spotlight. I used Alfred. Mm. But Alfred's example of that paid product that's i don't think it's open source it might be i don't think it is but when i used it this month i'm like i'm not going to i like i had to upgrade my alfred because it was so out of date i'm like i'm not updating i'm just going to use spotlight like i don't i don't need to pay for alfred to use it for the next four weeks so you're probably right john it's probably yeah a lot of my customization and things like that i don't know man it's i want to think that was part of it but there's still something off about it like something that didn't feel right i don't know what it was i don't know yeah we we forced ourselves to make the change to the desktop we relearned our tool chains and things we were using so it's yeah, going had to reimport to, those vim bindings it's going That's back to just a different set of tools is really what it was yeah and yeah but it's always a pain system 76 yeah Okay. Uh, you said you had some PHP stuff. Oh, yes, I'm as sorry, promised. So this has been a long time in in process, in, in work. Operator override or operator overloading for PHP is now in the voting stage. And it is a lengthy, well-thought-out, hard-worked PR with all of the use cases and gotchas handled and all of the special exceptions needed, backwards compatibility stuff, and it's just not going to pass. And you don't, you don't think it's going to pass? Right now it's at 50-50 with, with, 40, or with 39 votes in. It's 19 to 20. 19, and, yes, 20 now. Yeah, and this is one of those two-thirds required votes. Right, it has to be a majority. Can't, it's not a majority. A super majority. And and Nikita said no. So well, he doesn't fucking matter anymore, does he? (laughs) He Damn, he still matters. Stop it! That was harsh. (laughs) You caught me off guard. (laughs) This I I I just listened to the PHP internal podcast. Is is Joe Ferguson a voting member? I did not know that. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Joe, I had no clue. I learned something new every day. What's what's his Super. voting name? He Supernova. Supers. He and he voted yes. Nikita voted no. What's his What's his username for the voting purposes? Supernova. It's not on here. What are you talking about? It's not on there. It's SVP. Oh, there it is. R P E R. Sorry, Joe, I, 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 I followed. That. I followed the conversation around this very very uh, in depth. And the argument. Wait, wait, wait! Before before you say anything, how would you vote? Yes or no? I would vote yes. Okay. Now, now you can talk. The arguments for it are well thought out compared to implementation in other languages. Give use cases for spreadsheet libraries, and the implementation limits itself so it doesn't go haywire and start creating chaos in in the environments that you have. The arguments against it are like, oh my god, that's so scary. So can you explain? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk of it being abused. And for the record, I I would vote yes just because Ben Ramsey Ramsey voted no. So So is this operator overloading? Ben Ramsey voted yes. I 
Oh, I would I would vote no because he voted yes. Okay. <laughs> so Sorry. is this operator overloading in the sense that my if I inherit a class, I can change the type of parameter that I'm getting, or is it having two of the same function with different parameter lists? Or am I just completely off base here? So keeping it, in mind, I haven't read this at all. It introduces the operator keyword and allows for the use of symbols instead of method names. So you can have a symbol represent a full function call. There's shorthands in there for hiding that symbol or how you how you reference that symbol, but you can make a plus symbol into a function. So plus and then open parentheses and then have the functionality in there. And the reason that that gets useful is because you can start making references to call user function where you have stuff like spreadsheets that have defined functions behind their behaviors where you allow the user to type in a plus, but you interpret it as being a plus in parentheses. And it just gave you the ability to treat to be more flexible on your function naming methodology. And and that that was actually, I posted in the show notes and it's in discord as well he was interviewed on the php internals podcast this last episode that was one of the i believe that's one of the use cases he used like mathematical equations where you you do instead of doing what was when he said like instead of doing the math inside the parentheses and outside this would allow you to code it so that it does outside in like in these special cases Definitely sounded like something like one of the big concerns was abuse of this, but it also sounded like really not something for the mainstream developer to worry about. Like it's not something every developer, it has a use case for it that it's kind of targeted for. Strongly suggest if you're interested in this to listen, not listen to us because we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Listen to episode. 96 of the PHP internals podcasts and they, they go through this whole thing. I'm, I'm looking through the transcript now to see if I can find that example. He, he was talking about in general, don't listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> strongly. If you are to listen to us, listen to us now. When we say, don't listen to us, I, I strongly advise <laughs> against that. Wait, but, or, but Eric, sure I want you to trying to say, listen to us. It's very recursive. I don't know anymore what I'm saying. <laughs> Eric, I want you to, I want you to look at, how thorough this RFC is and tell me that you really feel bad about not being a release manager when this RFC that is like but, but the 30 release pages manager has nothing has 30 nothing pages, to do with sure, no, but or not. This, this RFC is 30 pages long, has examples of use in all the other languages and has the functional PR that would be included in 8.2 if it was accepted. And it's just got a bunch of people being like, nah, we don't need this. It just comes down. It just comes down to like, nah, thumbs down. I don't like it. Well, it's interesting because they they even bring up the fact that like it seems like a lot of people vote no because they're really voting no to change. Like they don't want the language to change. Well, that's that's part of that's not that's not PHP specific. That's voting in general. There have been huge number of of research efforts into how people vote and people vote no as a default and then yes if it's something that they like specifically Mm. but if it doesn't apply to them they'll vote no on it just because it doesn't apply to them and this goes across all forms of voting if you're voting for tax increases on your on your housing renters will vote no because they they don't want they don't want more taxes you know renter everyone will vote no as a default except for the people who look at where the tax money is going and say that benefits me then they'll vote yes on it but 
it's voting is a is a bad way of doing things, but it's the only way we have. I, I say we gerrymander we gerrymander the PHP voting system. So the the more the more Twitter followers a person has, the the more their vote. The more important their vote. <laughs> right. You're, you're voting with your Twitter followers. No, I think Ben's got way too many Twitter followers. We can't we can't have that. Yeah, and we also drop the irrational hatred votes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> what else you got? You got anything else PHP related? Not, you know, I got something open source related that is uh, with open source. Real weird. Okay. And if you want to hear about that, you're gonna to have to listen to the after show portion of the podcast because right now I'm gonna talk about Norton 360. That was the is, weirdest transition yeah. ever. I know. I realized. I realized. What I happened? Don't, I realized. I realized the context of the topic: the Faker JS library being erased yeah because i'm gonna get into why it got erased and i don't want that on the actual recorded podcast you realize this is recorded even after the show and it's on youtube yeah yeah don't want it on don't want it on the audio podcast it's it's super super deep rabbit hole that gets into weird stuff okay so i will i will instead I will and, and so if you're listening to the audio, audio podcast right now, go to youtube.com slash phpugly and listen to the show there. This is why you yes. want to watch live. Like and subscribe. Watch live. See what horrible <laughs> things I do to derail the show. <laughs> you think we're go back to 267 now, after go the back, show. Go back to 267 after the show. D- no. And 266 <laughs> and 265. Nah, nah. There's, there's been a couple of really good after the show moments we've had. Don't get um, started on Elon. Well, Norton, Norton 360. Lay it. Go ahead. Norton 360 got into a weird situation where they updated their terms of service and included a cryptocurrency miner in their no. antivirus software. I was no. going to say, this is still the antivirus people, right? This is the antivirus software, yes. Stop it. No, you, no. It is, it is an Ethereum-based cryptocurrency miner that runs in the background while your computer is idle and gives a 15% service fee for the use of your computer to Norton 360. What? Shit you not. It's... Does anybody still like? Do Windows people still use antivirus? I thought Windows so, had antivirus stuff, built into it. Now. No, this stuff comes with bundled systems like Dell computers and that kind of stuff. But, I was going to say, I thought, I thought Microsoft had a, had its own antivirus built into it. So for a long time, Microsoft's antivirus didn't work correctly, and part of their antivirus software is hooks for third-party antivirus to hook into to be the official provider for this computer. So their antivirus was really just a linked library for antivirus programs to get into and say, here's how I access files I would normally have to have admin access to read and stuff like that. But antivirus is still huge, huge business. I mean, very big. Really? Yeah. Uh, apparently not big enough because how, Norton now how? wants to use your computer to mine Ethereum. I can't believe they would do that. As big as they are, at least as big as I thought they were. To, I to can't a, believe they'll get away with it. That's my take I, on the whole thing. I can't. This, I can't believe more people don't see the significance of crypto when you have companies like this willing to do this sort of practice. It's like this is crypto. People have got to get on board with crypto. I mean, it's it's going to be the world currency. currency. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. But, but so they made it part of the terms of service where everybody just clicks I accept or I agree or mm-hmm. find so me. Take, take that's not entirely one. that's not entirely clear yet. So the first thing is that, that it'll only run on computers that pass a capability test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it it's it's supposedly opt in, but that could mean that could mean fucking anything. I mean, that could mean a, a hidden checkbox that you have to scroll down on a window that doesn't have a scroll bar. <laughs> Which is, you know, that's something that actually Google Google is getting sued for this week as well. What? Uh, but the quote here is, if users have turned on Norton Crypto but no longer wish to use this feature, it can be disabled by temporarily shutting off tamper protection and deleting encrypt.exe from the computer. So once it gets enabled, turning it off is a temporary solution until you delete the file from your system. But then when you reboot, if that file's still there, it turns itself right back on. <laughs> Which as a Windows user, you do like five times a day, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're charging a 15% fee for the crypto mining that they do. And it goes into a wallet that is accessible from the Norton website when you log into Norton's website, which is so a thing they I'm get, sure so, everyone does daily. So if they mine a dollar, they get 85 cents, I get 15 cents? Other way around. But I have to... I mine, oh. I mine a dollar. First off, this is my hardware and the wear and tear is on my hardware. Okay, so, so they they are giving you the lion's share. They're That's, giving you the the yes, the eighty five cents per okay, dollar. Okay, that well, it's better than I would expect. I I thought they were taking a majority and saying, "Oh, here's you had to do nothing, so here's fifteen well, percent for doing nothing." But the wallet is on their system. They hold the keys. Now they say only you get the keys, but in order to access it, you have to log into their system, and you don't know your keys until you go into settings. So they hold your keys, which means that they hold the entire equity of everyone's collected crypto mining value until you take it out. So they get 100% up front, but when you ask for it to be paid out, then they have to give you your 85 cents. But they're, they're holding on to all the liquid value in your wallet and doing whatever they want with it in that time. So it's, it's, it's crazy. If you know who Cory Doctorow is, he writes for a number of security and modern tech things. And he, he just came out and said like, this is this is absolutely bizarre. The job of the antivirus is to block subversive crypto mining software, not install their own. <laughs> you know, this is this is crypto hijacking from software that's supposed to catch crypto hijackers. It's hilarious. And it is bonkers. I mean, it's totally insane. But they have a site. They have a frequently asked questions on Norton Crypto. What is Norton Crypto? And <laughs> What are the system requirements? You need an NVIDIA card with six gigabytes of memory. It is bizarre. And if you have ever, if you have ever spun up an Ethereum miner, even set to like low settings, your system starts smoking. It just starts putting out heat. Oh, really? That's the, that's the whole point of it. The whole point of it is to turn your cents per hour in electricity fees into heat and money. Really, it'll. I mean, I warm up my room in winter by running a crypto mining. <laughs> it's such a bizarre turn, and and I think they're gonna. I think they're totally gonna get away with it. <laughs> Here's Corey Doctorow's exact tweet. Here, this is fucking wild. Norton Antivirus now sneakily installs crypto mining software on your computer and then skims a commission. I, I'm actually. I'm still shocked that they're giving you eighty five percent. I mean, like I said, they're not really giving you 85% if they don't tell you that this thing is running. Well, yeah. I mean, you have the ability to get 
85 percent. yeah it's it's so it's so weird so that's my that's my doom and gloom for everyone today that was a good doom and gloom way to wrap up the show right. we i, I haven't been nope. i haven't been doing my duty on reporting doom and gloom because you guys don't like it as much I as don't. our our listeners fucking love it they do they love uh, it. They I don't, love the I don't mind it. I should take that back. I don't mind it. It's just <laughs> there are tendencies to like, this is fucking horrible. And it just goes on and on and on. Like, hey, let's, like, like this whole show. It's like, let's talk about PHP. You know, we, we had a, our little section of PHP. Sometimes so it's a little it's, slow in PHP. I know. I know. It's rough. We talked about hey, project management. What it, doesn't help that we, it doesn't help that we uh, record every week. I know PHP, PHP, right there. Yeah, we're we're at the point where we cover a lot of things that don't pass. I'm curious if you listen to the show, you can DM me privately. You don't have to do it in any of the chat channels. Although I'm willing do to that. reply. That gets you, that gets you on a list channels. immediately. But. I'm curious if you listen to the show and you do not subscribe to PHP Architect, why is that? Is it a cost issue? Is it a value issue? You don't see the value in it? Is it just curious? I'm, I'm not not trying to guilt you into it. It's fine. You know, we're just trying to understand what it is. We want to learn about our hardware audience. Yeah. So if you don't subscribe to PHP Arch, let me know why, and that, that'll be it. We'll just stop talking to each other and never be friends again. But whatever. I mean, you'll get your point across. <laughs> we should. We should have a listener survey. We should. Yeah. But not this week. Off We're done topic. for this. We're done for this week. What Sevi in Discord, what are you asking? Would you guys be willing to add an off topic section for music? Oh, for music. Oh, just to talk about music? Yeah, I can definitely do that for you. I'll do that for you. No problem. I like that idea. I'll do it right after the show. Have you guys been doing Wordle? What? What? Sorry. Wordle? <laughs> what? Can you speak English, por favor? A game that like has taken over the internet in the last week. Still English, please. <clears throat> All right. I will be posting my Wordle scores in the off-topic Their game. Their scores? Yes. How do you spell Wordle? Is that... Oh. W-O-R-D-L-E. If you ever played the game, the board game Mastermind, it is exactly like that, but with words. Mastermind with the bombs that you had to figure out where they were at? With the, the pegs that are different colors. That, that's figure mind out. sweep you're talking about. Oh, yeah. mind sweep. That's right. Yeah. Mastermind is the different colored pegs. You have to figure out the order they're in before you get to the end of the, the board. That sounds like mind sweep. <laughs> no. Anyways, Wordle is taking over the internet. You you have to guess the word. You have one, two, three, four, six chances to guess the word of the day. Uh, if you get a letter right, it shows up in yellow. If you get a, a letter right and in the correct position, it shows up as green. So you, really I, 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 I completely stopped caring about this top yeah, this conversation. I know, Sorry, I that's okay. It works. Are we done? I was, I was really just. Scores. I was really just talking to Joe Ferguson at this point. But I will be posting my Wordle <laughs> scores in the, in the gaming channel. <laughs> Is it gaming okay. channel? Yes. Episode 268. Welcome to 2022 is in the books. I'm Eric. That was a weird sentence. I'm John. You're I'm Tom. Sentence. Keep it ugly. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'm going to drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'm going to send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to 
do it like this Cause the people love me Shouts out to PHP The ugly It's called ugly Cause it's not professional But I'm about to come through And bless it with style So let's do it when I'm spitting I perfume the room Yo, the segment of the show Is called Doom and Gloom That came from Thomas Yeah, can nobody go beyond this I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise Yeah, and y'all know We fill them up with anguish We talking about the PHP The programming language About to break it down No exaggeration What do y'all do for a living web applications Okay, I can dig it My words spray tight Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming You can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics While y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it You know my lyrics are major All up in the comments They got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing Keep it ugly We ending every show With the saying it's lovely Let's go Yeah, come on